0: Well, a lot's happening at City Life for this month and over the next five weeks. So dive in and get as involved as you can. Uh, there's, it's so rewarding. While you're giving, I want you to multitask now and get your Bible open to the book of Mark. Mark chapter number one. Mark is one of the four gospels. It's the shortest of them all. I love the book of Mark. Mark chapter 1, verse 29. Uh, get that and hold that. We're going to read through a narrative that's uh, that's very relevant to this message today. While you're locating that, Tim at 12 continues on Wednesdays at noon, and plus you can replay it at any time on the City Life app, on YouTube and Facebook. But I'm doing this series called Finish Well. In fact, I have three more uh, weeks before I'm finished with it. And I have a message by Bible study this Wednesday evening, excuse me, Wednesday at noon, entitled Expect the Amazing. Expecting the Amazing is really this... unfettered belief that God can and God will do amazing things in you, through you, and to those people who are around you. So uh, look forward to sharing that Bible study with you. Uh, Timber 12 is about a 20-minute Bible study once a week, and uh, I'd love for you to join me this Wednesday. Okay, well, while you're uh, finding that, Mark chapter 1, verse 29, again, hold your place on that. The title of today's message is Finding The whisper. This is part of a series of messages that's going to lead us up close to Easter called, Shh, Listen to His Whisper. And we're going to learn about finding the whisper today. So uh, in fact, you know, it's more about just learning. It's about doing and it's about participating. And and I've been praying over this message that God will convict you deeply uh, regarding finding the whisper of God, because I think this is more powerful than when we really give credence to it. Rebecca's not with me today. She's actually on her way to New Braunfels to visit her father, who is also a pastor. He is uh, 87 years old and is still pastoring a Spanish-speaking church in New Braunfels. So he's, she's on her way down there to take care of him after he's finished with church and going to spend a few days with her dad. It's always good to, good to spend time with, with family. But uh, But... Her and I, we went to a conference about 20 years ago in Washington, D.C. It was the third time I had been to D.C. I love that place. It's, a, it's an amazing city. It really, really is an amazing city. So many dynamics that happen there, not just with government, but spiritually as well. And, uh, and part of this conference, it was really amazing. In fact, this is part of the draw to go to the conference for us was that we would be able to take a tour of the Capitol building and and uh, and and this tour of the Capitol building was not the normal tour. this is a tour that was that was hosted by a person who knew the spiritual history of the United states and and is able to point out all of the things that are there which is really quite almost overwhelming the spiritual uh uh art and the design and so many things that are there in the Capitol building that take us back to the Word of God. So it was a time to kind of experience, it was an experience, experience the sights and the sounds and the impact of that beautiful, beautiful building. And yes, we did go in legally. We didn't just go in on our own. But, but the, the tour's focus, again, was, this, was the rich American history. Uh, but w- there was one room that I found very, very intriguing, and it's called Statuary Hall. Now, Statuary Hall, as you see it here, is an interesting shaped room, and it's hard to actually get a good picture of it because of the dome and the, the structure of that particular room. But if you've toured the Capitol, you've been in here. And, uh, and and this is where the House of Representatives met for the first time in November of 1800. So when they first met, they they met in this place. Well, is a little bit of the history of this room. Uh, later on in 1884, the Congress decided that, that they were going to ask every state, the representatives from every state to nominate two important historical figures and they would put their statues in there. And that's why it's called Statuary Hall. Uh, it houses 38 of those statues. Others of those statues are scattered throughout the, uh, the, the Capitol building. Incredible, incredible stories, even about the statues. Not going to get into all that today. Take your own uh, tour over there. But, but there is this unique spot in this particular room. And in this particular spot, if you stand on one side of Statuary Hall and then somebody else stands in this other unique spot at the other side of Statuary Hall, they can literally speak in a whisper and you can hear it just as if the person is speaking right up against your ear. It's an amazing effect. In fact, that's why the House of Representatives quit meeting in there because they would whisper and then the other people would hear it on the other side and get the play. So, so they don't do that anymore. Now, now they just have the lip reading where they're trying to read their lips. And if you watch that stuff on YouTube, you can see the bad lip readings of the things that they do. I think that's absolutely hilarious. But, but they have named this spot the Whispering Spot. And you find that spot You can literally hear the whispers. And the Bible talks about other locations like this that are spiritual whispering spots. Uh, For Abraham, it was was the oak of Mamre. For Jacob, it was Bethel. For Moses, that whispering spot was the burning bush. For Elijah, it was Mount Sinai. And for David, it was the cave of Adullam. And for Ezekiel, it was the Kabar River. For Daniel, it was, it was this upper room in Babylon with an open window that faced Jerusalem. For Jesus, it was just the nearest mountain. For me, it's a camping spot that's remote. And hopefully, my phone doesn't work there and, or find like an old cabin and, 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 or hiking alone in the woods. That's my whispering spot. Well, Everyone finds God's whisper in a different place, in a different location. Basically, what a whispering spot is, it's a place where you go to hear the voice of God. And uh, it's, it, it's, I'd say it's a place where his voice is a little louder and a little clearer. And that's what I'm gonna be talking about today. Now, I, I do know this, and I do understand this, and I believe this, that God can speak whenever wherever and however he wants. After all, he's called God. He's called God for a reason. But the problem is our awareness, our openness, because we have such a challenge quieting ourselves Tuning in, finding the whisper, and in the Old Testament, God revealed Himself in different ways. But one of the primary ways God revealed Himself was above the Ark of the Covenant, between the wings of the Cherubim, and this was in the Most Holy Place in the Tabernacle or in the Temple, and and a, and the High Priest could go there once a year to encounter the the presence of God, and it was on the Day of Atonement. But but you know. If you are going to try to isolate God's presence to one place and one day on the calendar or one particular geographic location, then then you have literally put God in a box, and even the Ark of the Covenant, you put God in a box. Now, I'm I'm also well aware when I'm talking about speaking, uh, hearing the voice of God, I'm well aware that. Uh, some people believe that God only speaks through the written scriptures and God does speak through the written scriptures. Let me talk more about that later in the series. But I believe that the Bible is in a category all by itself. It, it really is. It is the inspired word of God. The canon is closed. In other words, they're not, uh, they're not adding any more to the Bible. It's closed. But I believe that we undermine the authority of the scriptures and we even discredit God's ability to speak to us now if we say it can only be through the written scriptures. See, I believe that the same way that God spoke in Bible times that we read about in the Bible, God can speak to us today. God is the same yesterday, today, forever. And God does speak in strange and mysterious ways. He does. Now, I believe that if we do what they did in the New Testament and the Old Testament, if we do what they did, we will hear the whisper of God and God will do what he did in the Bible. See, God still... Uh, uploads desires and open doors and inspires dreams. And he speaks to people through promptings. He speaks to people through pain. He speaks to people through the, the, the situations in their life. He speaks to us through the gifts of the Spirit. And just as he did with Moses, God can, God can literally turn any place into holy ground. But I don't believe it just happens by default. I believe it happens by design. And I believe part of that design is to find a spot, to find a location, to find a place to literally hear the voice of God, to tune into his voice. Uh, When I was a kid, we heard this a lot. And some of you would understand completely it's like you need to have that time in your prayer closet. We always talked a lot about prayer closets. Any of you remember the days of talking about the prayer closet? And that's, that's a good thing. Well, as a kid being raised in church, I mean, I wanted to do all the right things. So I thought, well, I've got a closet at my house and I went into that. I'm like, all right, I'm in my prayer closet. I'm going to talk with God. I turned out the lights and, and but, but I, I did not engage the presence of God at all. Because one of the things you got to understand is I shared a room with three older brothers and that closet did not smell fresh at all. It It's smelled more like Hades or something like that instead of the presence of God. I couldn't encounter God at all in that closet. So, you, But we need to find a place where God speaks to us, or we hear the voice of God a little louder than we hear it in our normal day of lo- days of life, where we can hone in on the clarity of God's voice. Now, I've heard this, that professional audio engineers who mix sound for film and for, uh, for the music industry, that they have this SOP. They have this standard operating procedure. And then what it is, is they will, uh, before they even begin to do any of their work with sound, they let their ears relax. What they do is they sit in a quiet place where there is no sound, or they'll even muffle their ears where there's no sound, and they sit in total silence because it allows their ears to essentially reboot. And they call this procedure, procedure ear cleaning. And uh, it has nothing to do with Q-tips, but it has everything to do with tuning out the noise and the clutter. And it's, it's about silence so they can tune in to the sounds. And in the same way, I believe that if you want to find the whisper of God, silence is key. It is. There's this acoustic uh, ecologist. I didn't know these things existed because I was studying all this. An acoustic ecologist. His name is Gordon Hampton. And and he went on this search (laughs) for the quietest places in America. And he found 15 places. In fact, he won't even tell everybody where these 15 places are. I guess he's afraid they're gonna get too noisy. But there are 15 places in the United States where, according to his definition, where you can go 15 minutes without hearing any human manufactured noise at all. Nothing. And, uh, and I'll just tell you this much. That location is not in downtown Fort Worth, right? And it is not in your home either. Like, well, I live by myself. It's quiet. No, you have a billion distractions around you. And so, so there's all of this clutter that we're constantly hearing. And I want you to find a quiet place. I want you to find that quiet place where you can hear the voice of God. Now, we're going to look at uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 29. Uh, this is where Jesus was at Simon Peter's house, and, and Jesus was about to encounter or experience the whisper of God. But I want you to follow the narrative with me. Uh, what happened here is Jesus had just finished casting out some demons in a church service. Yeah, they showed up at church at the synagogue and Jesus had to cast out the demons. So he goes over to Simon Peter's house. Let's pick it up. Mark chapter one, verse 29. Follow with me in your Bibles. As soon as they left the synagogue where they had church, <laughs> they went to James and John, They went with James and John to the house of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law, Simon is also Simon Peter, okay? Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand and helped her up and the fever left her and she began to wait on them. That's just amazing, another powerful miracle. I love that story, how God just intersects right there in the middle of inviting him into your home. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. Now, keep in mind, this was at Simon's house. (laughs) The whole town gathered at the door and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out demons and he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. So an intense night. Very early in the morning, here's where it shifts. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. That word prayed is important. I'll tell you why in a second. Simon and his companions went to look for him. I guess this is after sunrise. They're looking for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everybody is looking for you. (laughs) And Jesus' reply was, oh, let's go somewhere else. Let's go to some nearby villages so I can preach there also because that's why I have come. This is very interesting here. So they traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. So I want you to get the picture of this. This was a very noisy time of powerful God encounters, miracles, deliverances, healings, and more. And, and I mean, I, when I read this, and I've read this multiple times preparing for today's message, I just kept thinking, I would just love to have been there. Could you imagine just being there and experiencing that right there in Simon's house? And then the entire town, this wasn't a big city, but this entire town comes and lines up at the door. Next. Okay, what's your problem? Okay, you're healed. Next. And so this thing kept going on and on and on and on. And finally, thing, everything, finally, everything calmed down and uh, everybody went to sleep. But Jesus snuck out early before anybody was awake, before the sun was even up. Why did he leave? Well, he left so that he could do some prayer. Now, of course, Simon eventually found him, but here's what's important. Jesus said, okay, it's time to move on. Now, why did he say that? He said that, I believe, because he found the whisper of God in that quiet place. He listened to the whisper of his father, God, and obeyed him. See, he took directives from God, and God was saying, I want you now to move on to some other villages because God was actually directing him. Jesus even says it. God's directing him to stay on task. He's got to stay on task. He can't stay here. He has to keep moving. And God revealed that to him in that quiet, solitary place. Now, again, what did he do in the solitary place? He prayed. He prayed. Now, in the Greek language, the, the New Testament's written in Greek, translated into English, but the, 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 in, the new, in the Greek language, that word prayer literally means an exchange of wishes. Again, the Greek language is secular, Secular, so it's a, all languages are, except Hebrew, but it, it's a secular language, and so, but... As they were writing the New Testament, they had to find the best word to describe prayer. And all through the New Testament, whenever you see the word pray, prayer, or prayed, it is a form of this. It is an exchange of wishes. It's an exchange. Get this. It is just as much about listening to what God is saying as it is about telling God and asking God. I think so often we miss it in our private prayer lives by just telling God and asking God all the time. That's only part of it. That is not the real definition of prayer. Prayer is about listening to God. It's about an exchange. And I, I, church, I want you to hear. I want you to experience. I want you to encounter this whisper of God. You know, we see the same thing happening over in the book of Luke. In fact, it's really all through the Gospels. But with Jesus, because Jesus did this, uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 12, put it up on the screens. It says this one of those days, Jesus went out on the mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him, and he chose 12 of them whom he designated as apostles. You might be reading through the New Testament and just kind of miss the importance of this. But what happened, he prayed. So he had this exchange with God all night long where he was saying, Father God, here's what I'm needing. Here's what I'm wanting. I need to know who I'm supposed to select. Father God is downloading to him who he should select because he had a lot of followers already at this point in time. He had an exchange with Father God all night. God gave him clarity regarding some critical decisions that he needed to have clarity on so that he could actually take action on. Have you ever prayed all night? Have you ever done that before? Um, I have. I've, I've done this a few times. And First of all, you're not going to, you, you will find it extremely difficult to be able to do this in your own house because <laughs> there's a bed there, you know. But I've done this before and have enjoyed the presence of God all night where I'm talking. But at a certain point, you've got to quit talking. You've got to start listening, hearing the voice of God in and, and that moment where there are not distractions and you don't have a phone with you. You don't have a bed nearby. You don't have your TV. You don't have any of that stuff. And, and, and it's, it's a place, like even, even to pray all night, I mean, you have to have a place where, where you can just engage the presence of God and exchange with Him and find the whisper of God. You see, finding and listening, finding and listening to God's whisper, what it does, it engages God's counsel. Let's put that up on the screens, guys. It engages God's counsel, which is what you and I need. See, Jesus Jesus shows us all the time himself that it's important to take time away to be with God. Now, I know Jesus, he was a man, but he was also 100% God. He was fully God. Yet at the same time, Jesus Christ needed to be strengthened, to be guided, and to be sustained by his Father. Therefore, we follow the pattern of the Old Testament, and we follow the pattern of the New Testament, and Jesus lays it out for us. We must find a place and a time to get alone with God. And I'll tell you, this message is extremely countercultural. Especially in today 's world, we have been God put us into this world for a reason at this time sometimes i don 't know why because there's so much going on around us. It, it would just just imagine what it would have been like a hundred years ago like quiet not I mean not total quiet, but a whole lot quieter than it is now. so this is countercultural and I know some of you might be struggling with this, but I'm asking you to to give God the ability to speak to your heart, open up, and listen to him because he, I believe we must do this, and, 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 and using this discipline, putting this discipline into place is not an easy thing. Again, in our culture, this is not simple. It's going to take time, and it will take effort. It just doesn't happen overnight. And the discipline, how we, how we actually do it, looks different from, for everyone. Yours is not going to look like mine. In fact, I've had people say before, hey, I want to come with you and, and go, go camping so I can hear from God like you. I was like, no, you're not going to come camping because all I'm going to do is hear from you all the time. I want to hear from God. You'll figure out your own way. Just, just, just figure it out. if You can figure out your own way, Right. Right. Right, 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 because every person, it is a little bit different, but you need to do it because I believe it's critical, and I, last week, I challenged you to intentionally turn down the noise and tune into the whisper of God, and, uh, and I decided I was really going to make sure that I practiced it all week, and I found myself, I, I was amazed at how many times I, I had to intentionally turn off noise, turn off the noise, turn off the noise, turn off the noise, and get some of that noise away from me. But the results, even for me, since I've stood on this platform seven days ago, it has been amazing. It has been amazing. Yeah, I really try hard to practice what I preach. And and, and I'll tell you, the noise is not just auditory. It's also visual as well. It's what we see. God's calling us to be still and to be quiet and find times to do that because God often speaks the loudest when we're the quietest. There's this uh, 17th century philosopher. His name was Blaise Pascal. And he said this. He said, the sole cause of man's unhappiness is that he does not know how to stay quiet in his own room. (laughs) That's quite a statement. Of course, it's not 100% accurate. I don't think that's the sole cause of it, but it does illuminate to us, for us, about our spiritual hearing problem. This, last week I talked about the Tomatis effect and I shared about that, but the solution to that is a prescription that's as old as the Old Testament and it's found in Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, and this is our key scripture for the day right here. God says, be still and know that I am God. I can get into a lot of detail. I love all of Psalm 46. Read it and study it on your own, but chronic noise is probably the biggest impediment to our spiritual growth. And it's not just our spirituality that suffers, uh, because when our lives get loud, what happens? Noise fills every frequency. You've heard of this thing called white noise. What I didn't know about white noise until I was studying for this is that white noise is is a noise that actually fills up every frequency so that when there's other noise, you can't hear it. Uh, and, And that white noise is actually noise, and there's white noise around us all the time, spiritually speaking, and and, uh, and it's when we, we essentially lose our sense of being. Our schedules get busy, and, and and what happens is we lose our sense of balance. In fact, even your, your own inner ear, your ears control your balance, and when there's too much noise, there's noise in your ears. You can't even be balanced, and I think that is a beautiful picture of what happens to us spiritually. We can't stay spiritually balanced because of all the noise that's happening in our ears. So I'm going to be really bold and I'm going to say this because I believe it. Your life is too loud. Your schedule is too busy. Your distractions are all over the place and they're causing you to lose balance. But as you find his whisper, I believe you're going to find two different things that happens. And these are the things that I encountered this past week and I hope you will encounter them as well. I hope you're encountering them as well. And, and first of all is this, is this is what the father said to Jesus when he was baptized and it's this. This is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. The voice of God, the whisper of God, you are my daughter, you're my son. And I'm just pleased with you. You're mine. I'm yours. You bring me pleasure just by being you. And get this, God loves you. But beyond that, (laughs) there's something even more amazing. God actually likes you. He does. He likes you and the way I know it is because he wants to spend eternity with you. And I think if you believe anything less than that, you're believing a lie. The second thing I experienced that I hope you'll experience as well is what I call songs of deliverance. Psalm chapter 32, verse 7 says this, You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I believe God is... Singing songs of deliverance and he's putting those out there in various ways all around you all the time but we can't hear those songs of deliverance and we can't hear them because of the noise in our own ears it's like outside of our range of hearing like i shared last week but i believe these songs of deliverance that god sings over you they are powerful enough to demolish any bondage, to overcome any addiction, and to solve any and all problems that you're encountering. See, that's why Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17 says this. I love this. It says, no weapon forged against you will prevail. You get that? No weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me declares the Lord. I'm not sure what problem in your life needs to be solved. I'm not sure what issue you're facing needs to be resolved. But I believe that as you learn to discern his voice, his songs of deliverance will set you free. Put that up on the screens. Put that up on the screens. I want you to get that. that. That is critical for us. I want you to find his whisper. I want you to hear the songs of deliverance that he's whispering to you. But if you're going to find his whisper, um, you're gonna have to set some boundaries. In church, a lot of times we talk about setting boundaries with other people, but we need to set some boundaries with ourselves. That's called self-leadership, self-management. So to hear the whisper of God, you need to decide on a few things. Maybe... I'm not gonna look at email until 9 a.m. you're waking up first thing in the morning, you're looking at your email. First thing in the morning, you're looking at your text messages. Let it go, let it go. How did they survive 15 years ago without that? I don't know. The world almost ended, but we're much better today, right? No. Maybe it's no social media after 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. That would be a good thing. Whatever it is, maybe it means turning your phone down, setting your ringer so it doesn't ring, and not having every single text message set up to buzz you. Zzz, zzz, zzz. I learned my lesson on that several years ago. I had my phone in my back pocket and I kept getting text messages. I don't know who's texting me when I'm, ta- when I'm up here preaching, but I was getting text messages and text me- and I kept going, zzz, zzz, like, stop it, stop it. it was a, for me, I'm a little bit ADD and, and, and for me, that was a major distraction. Thank God I had some notes that day. But, but why, why? Like tonight at prayer, calm and turn that all off so that you're not praying, God, I love you. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Good, my next appointment at the doctor's tomorrow. Okay, you know, no, no. What do you need to tune down to find his whisper? What do you need to tune out so you can tune God in? Here's what I encourage you to do is stop talking, start listening, and watch what happens when you find his whisper. I, I poured my heart out to you today. I want to ask you this. What are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with this? Um, I really, really hope you're going to apply it personally. James chapter 1, verse 22, I share this with you from time to time from the message version of the Bible. I love it. It says, don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you're ever anything but. Now, I don't know if this applies to you or not, but let's just, let's just say this is in the Bible. <laughs> Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Now, here are the big words, these five words. Act on what you hear. I wasn't whispering, so I was saying it pretty clear. Act on what you hear. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are or what they look like. Don't be that guy. So I want to challenge you with two action items today, two things that you can do this week. I I, I strongly encourage you to do this. Write this down so it can become specific because if you leave here and you forget, you're like the guy that looks in the mirror and can't remember who he is. Because church, we are all about transformation. We are not just about information and data. We are about soul transformation. We are not just about inspiration and making you feel. This is about transforming us. So here's the first action item. Number one, get alone with God this week. And I mean alone, alone. And if you have to even go into a stanky closet, do it. It didn't work for me as a kid. I'm not tried to sense, but you find that place where you can be alone with God. This works. And I'm telling you like, set up a time where you take at least, at least 15 minutes. That's really, really easy. But you'll find if you're so used to noise and stimulation that that 15 minutes will feel like agony, but it's healthy for you. It's good for you. Be completely alone with God. Have silence with no distraction, no noises. And for God's sake, turn off your phone. (laughs) Those phones are so distracting. It was interesting because when Jake was giving, I was on my phone. Well, I was giving. I was giving my offering for Easter, and I was also talking to the people online. We have three different channels that go out, and I was talking to the people online and doing all that. And it's like, Jake was done. I'm like, okay, well, I'm done. I don't know what Jake just said, but I'm sure you said something really good. <laughs> Use that time to pray. Use that time to confess sin. To lay your burdens down, to maybe open a psalm and slowly and methodically read it. Thank God, praise Him, and listen to His whisper, and encounter and engage with and experience the presence of God. That's action item number one. Here's number two schedule some rest and find this whisper schedule some rest. I'm not talking about the 15 minutes of silence, but I'm talking about establishing some deep rhythms of rest. And this is going, this is the one that's a little more challenging. Now, for me personally, the past couple of weeks have been, I would say, busier than normal for me. And they've been, you know, a lot going on. But Still, even in preparing these messages, because I want to practice what I preach and I want to grow my I want myself to be transformed in the midst of all of this. What what I did is I, I began to find a way to establish more rest intentionally. And I want you to take moments to rest. Um, you know at the beginning, at the end of each day. That's a simple way to do it. That's a start, a way to do it. Maybe it means getting up a little earlier. Maybe it means separating yourself from Netflix a little earlier at night or whatever and take these moments to rest. You might say, but pastor, you don't understand. I work a 60-hour week. Well, welcome to the club. The last time I didn't work a 60-hour week was when I was in high school, okay, okay? That's when I worked only a 40-hour week in, the, in my job. Welcome to the club. You can find, if I can, you can. And I know some of you, you have a lot going on. You're working 60 hours. You're going to, plus going to school, and you've got family, and you've got children, but you can find a place and a time to rest to listen to his whisper. And it is as simple as this. Schedule it, because you schedule everything else anyway. I also, over the past couple of weeks, I've scheduled some time for myself because I found that I haven't done this in a while. I scheduled some time over the next few months to be very intentional about quieting myself and resting my soul. Uh, get away and to do that, or to find the place and to do that. I want you to set aside a time for, for, for Sabbath, for a maybe schedule a personal retreat my heart, I felt challenged to say this. Some of you business owners, you need to take a day off. You do. And may the Spirit of God transform you as you do so. It's two simple action items. Will you do that? I'm going to put it back up on the screen. Go back to action item number one, which is get alone with God. Come on. Let's put it back up there on the screen. Go two slides up. Uh, Get alone with God. Let's look at it. There it is. Get alone with God this week. Second action item. Pop that up there, guys is oh yeah he, he changed it already yeah, that's, that's cool I didn't even see it change I was too busy listening to God no I don't know <laughs> schedule some rest and find his whisper I believe you can. this can revolutionize your life I want us to pray now I want us to ask God to intervene to, to massage this into our hearts I love our church gatherings. and They are critically important, especially as the day of the Lord comes closer and closer. It's critical we come together to pray with each other, to be loud. You know, it's okay to be loud, and we're supposed to do that. Like Jesus, he's he in some loud settings, but then he went away and got quiet. And I encourage you, you've got to have both of those settings with God. Find his whisper. Listen to his whisper. Let's pray. God, I pray for every person who's hearing my voice and I ask God that they will listen to my voice and Lord I ask you that you will help them to agree with my voice even now God we as a church and as individuals we want to make the decision and we are making the decision now that we are going to quiet ourselves and we'll listen to the voice of the Lord we're going to engage with the presence of God, and we're going to hear your whisper like never before. And God, let it transform us, let it shape us and mold us and squeeze us and do amazing things in us. God, we understand we are your representatives on this earth. And Lord, we need help. We need you. We need you. We need your strength. We need your songs of deliverance. We need your whisper. We need your counsel. So let it be in our life. And give us ears to hear the whisper of God. In Jesus' name, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Look up. I'd like right for you guys to stand. How many of you will just kind of nod at me and say, okay, Pastor, I got it. All right, I got it. You'll just nod. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got to figure out a way to apply it. Now hey, you've got to apply this in your own way. But I got this. I want you to receive it now and just let it digest in thank you for tuning in to the city life podcast if you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information go to citylifefw.org